back to Generations. I am one of your co-hosts, Aubrey Jones. And I'm your other co-host, Peter. And today we are talking about a topic. I figured it would just be kind of fun to to vent about and get some, some feelings out about it. Um, we're talking about my experience with dance. But before we get into that, I wanted to see how you're doing today. Before we get into our rent session, how are you? <laughs> how you doing? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Uh, it was a very busy OR day. It was a very busy OR day on Tuesday. Clinic days are very busy. They're sort of crushing my soul. But oh. hey, uh, and, and as I mentioned to you briefly, I've been awake since three o'clock this morning. So, you know. Uh, it's been a bit of a long day. So if my energy level is a little subdued, those might be some of the reasons, <laughs> but how are you? I am great. I am coming back from some trips I just made. So I'm trying to kind of get my life together and do all the house chores, make sure the house has food in it, make sure I have laundry done and kind of getting my life together before I work this weekend. So super, super excited for that. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Oh yeah. So, uh, you mentioned some trips, you've been having a good summer so far. Yeah, it's been great. It's been probably the best summer of my life. I won't lie. <laughs> wow, it's been amazing. That's good. I've had nice. a ton of fun trips. I've, yeah, I've, just, it's just been great. I've been able to hang out with some new friends. Um, that have been great. And yeah, it's just been, it's just been great. Every day has been fun, except for the days I work, of course, but that's just, that's just kind that's of how it is. It is. <laughs> it's just the way it is. But yeah, it's been good. How has your summer been so far? I know it's not, it does, it's not, it's not really different from the rest of the year for you because except for the weather's hotter, but yeah. <laughs> how's it been treating you? <laughs> um, I mean, it's been fine. You know, we yeah. went and spent some time up in Mackie and, that was fun. Uh, it's exciting helping your brother get ready to go to uh, Canada on his mission. Heck yeah. So that's been fun. And then, yeah, I've just been working uh, a buttload. Uh, my new partner technically was supposed to start on August 1st. Uh, that's not going to happen. Aww. I think we're still waiting for him to finish getting credentialed and everything. So at some point uh, by September, I'll have uh, officially a new partner, which I think we'll exchange some of the stress I have been experiencing for a different type of stress. It's not going to make the stress go away. It's just going to transfer it from <laughs> one type to another. Well, that's good. I'm glad you have officially a new partner. Is he like an MD or is it just another NP or PA or something? No, he's a, he's a doc. Nice. He is just finishing up residence or he just finished up residency. So oh, nice. Uh, yeah, no, it'll be like an actual partner, you know, someone to do cases with yeah. who uh, can, can kind of do everything I can do, which awesome. will be grand. That will be fantastic. It's been a long time since you've had one of those. <laughs> it's been five freaking years. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> Well, that is good. I'm very excited for you for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. So um, kick us off. Talk about this idea and because this was a good idea that you came up with. So Yeah, so I kind of figured this would be something fun to talk about just because we've kind of mentioned it a lot in passing in a lot of our episodes. Um, 
whereas we were talking about like um, how me and you have loved like exercising and working out and like talking about how we started doing that and my start of that was after I stopped dancing and stuff like that um so we've kind of mentioned it a lot but I kind of figured it would be fun to just kind of spill some tea on um (laughs) what that experience was like for me it's mostly negative I'm gonna preface that (laughs) it is mostly negative but it was a huge part of my life for a really long time and it definitely defined me as a person in my own head um and it was a huge part of my identity just at all and so i don't know i kind of i just thought it would be fun to talk about some of the things i experienced that shaped who i was as a person either negatively or positively and just kind of talk about what that experience is like for me so so i guess my first question for you would be Can you identify a point where it maybe moved from mostly positive to mostly negative? Yes. It was a long time ago. And I think you know what point it was as well. Because I think you have the same opinion. But it was when... The studio I was with merged with another studio. Yeah. I, I, that's what I would have guessed. And it certainly is when my opinions of the experience begin to sour. And I would say by the end, it was completely curdled and disgusting. Yeah. yeah. And when I was in the experience like when I was there actually and it was happening I had a really weird it was just like a love-hate relationship with the whole thing and it was like that for years where I was like I love dance and I love it and I want to stay in it and I love performing and I love learning and getting better and it's great exercise and it's impressive and you know all this stuff all the good stuff and it was just such like a I couldn't make up my mind about it at the time because I, I wanted to stay in it for so long because, again, I loved it. But at the same time, there was just so many negative things that would just, like, kind of tear me apart. That it was just, like, this back and forth. It was just, like, a love-hate like, yeah. all the time. And that was, like, super, super toxic and super exhausting to me as sure. a teenager and younger. Um, so now that I'm out of it, of course, I can talk about all of the bad things without it being like detrimental to my mental health because I'm not in it anymore. So it doesn't really matter. I can talk about whatever I want now. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But back to the point when they merged. So I first started at the studio when we, and I'm mostly just going to talk about, I'm only really going to talk about when we moved um, to Idaho and went to those studios. Um, Because before I was too young to really understand what was happening anyways. And it was great. Like, those studios in New Hampshire was great. Um, But I went to a purely ballet studio, or mostly ballet studio, because that was what I had done basically my whole life up until that point. And it it was great for, I think it was for four years I was there before they merged. Yeah, because I started in fourth grade, and then it was in eighth grade when they merged and they merged with this other studio that was basically everything else except for ballet Mm -hmm. and 
we like moved physical studios into um, a much bigger one to like house all the dancers. But it was like a really tough transition because we had had, it was a lot of like rivalry with all the dance studios in our town because there's not very many of them. So it was kind of like, who's the best or whatever. Um, But then they merged and I felt super almost like betrayed because I was like, how are we going to merge with this other studio who I've heard my teachers talk crap about for so long? Like, how are we merging with them and going to become one where like I knew a ton of those girls in the other studio or I had heard they like were super nice. And I had done one dance camp for one week at that studio when we first moved to Idaho. And it was the summer before fourth grade. And I did a dance camp there and I hated it. It was like, I hated it so much. I got made fun of. I was expected to wear like a, like a sports bra and booty shorts as like an eight year old, (laughs) Uh which is like, whatever, like, I don't know, but I didn't feel comfortable doing that. So, but I also felt super out of place because I was the only one in like a leotard and tights. We had like tumbling classes I had never done in my life because I was a ballet student. And it was just a super, super bad experience for me. And I would like, there was like a, you could do one week and then at the end of the week, you could decide if you wanted to do two more weeks. And I was like, Mom, I hate this. Please, no, oh, yeah. I can't. I, I can't. Like, uh, I was That's like, it. I want to be done on Wednesday. And that was like three days in. I was like, I hate it so much. Um, and so I already had that image in my mind. And then when we were deciding to merge with them. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, is this yeah. what it's going to be now? Like, I was just so scared. And me and my other friends from our studio were like, this seems so out of place for them. This seems super out of whack. This was super, like, we got a letter in the mail. That was how we found out. Like, it's not like they told us in person or anything. We got a letter in the mail during a summer, and they were like, oh, by the way, we're merging. We're super excited about this opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And for them, it was like a huge money thing, like, a huge money thing. And even years sure. after, my ballet teacher was like, I wish we had merged with them years ago. Because we ended up, like, getting a lot more opportunities and a lot more money. And we got to bring in a lot more fancier choreographers and more expensive people and blah, blah, blah. But it just changed the dynamic for me so much that it was not like I go to ballet and have a fun time. It was like I go in and I get judged for not being good at anything else except for ballet and being with a ton of people I didn't know and being yelled at by teachers that were teaching in a very different style for my ballet teachers. So I was very confused at that. It was just, it was very whack. But I want to hear your initial thoughts of when we first found out about the merging. I, I mean, I knew from the very moment that they announced it, what it was, and it was just about the money. It really was. It was obvious. Then it was obvious that the two studios, I think, thought, okay, uh, if we can kind of, if we can bring our overhead together into just one, instead of having two different buildings and and everything, if we can kind of unify the overhead and still be bringing in 
the number of uh, of people and students, and then uh, we're going to just automatically make more money. And then what we can do is we can start, there's air quotes that I'm using here, but we can start forcing, because they weren't going to call it forcing, but basically forcing the ballet kids to take non-ballet classes and the non-ballet kids to take some ballet. Mm -hmm. And we weren't doing this out of the goodness of our heart. We were then charging them for these additional classes that for all intents and purposes were not optional. It was a, uh, a wink and a, an elbow in the side, and hey, if you, you want your child to still dance here, you gotta pay more and do more. Uh, and so it immediately started to sour me on it. And the environment seemed very different. Before the merger, to me, it seemed very focused on the art. And after the merger, it seemed very focused on how much recognition, how much accolades, how many, you know, concerts can, what, what are extra, how many extra opportunities do we have to make people pay? Um, so yeah, it didn't take very long for me to kind of go from, wow, this is exciting. And it's amazing that we have this opportunity here for our kids to, wow, I wish you didn't still want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and when we first when we started to have like you had to take contemporary classes, you had to take tap, you had to you know all these other ones, whatever. Um, it of course was first in a you need to be a well-rounded dancer sort of thing. So of course in our heads we're like, oh, we kind of hate it, but it's gonna make us a well-rounded dancer, I sure. guess. Haha. <laughs> but like, I always felt humiliated because I wasn't as good as all the other girls who were primarily non-ballet dancers. And yeah. I don't know. It just it just was not... It just made me anxious so often to go to those other classes because I was so not, like, familiar with it. And it just, like, totally would ruin my experience. Like, I hated those classes. Yeah. Until it got to the point where a little bit later... And I'll talk about this more in a, in a little bit, but... I decided to join the company team, which was everything else except for ballet, and we would go compete at um, like competitions, and we would have like choreographers come in, and like we were actually like the competitive team that would perform dances and compete them or whatever. And that being like absolutely thrown into all of these different classes was actually, I think good for me in more of like an exposure therapy sort of thing because <laughs> it kind of forced me to be more comfortable with all those different areas of dance and I genuinely think joining company was it's hard for me to say it was better for me than staying just in ballet because I got to deal with people who were not my ballet teachers and I think that sure. was a good thing for me I yeah. think it was good that I was spending so much time with other people and other teachers and getting exposure from a bunch of other choreographers who weren't like verbally abusing us at all times. And I think that was great. And I, and I love performing. And so being able to perform a lot more often because we went to competitions so much was super fun for me. That was really, really fun. But anyway, I'll talk about more of the 
competitive team stuff in a little bit. But what I wanted to say <laughs> that was like a huge thing that I was like, oh, they really are just in this for the money right now was I had a friend who I was really close with. She was really, really good at ballet. One of like our top dancers, great mm-hmm. at ballet, could go insane places. And she, like her parents were going through a divorce. And so financial things were a huge issue. And she couldn't, her parents couldn't pay for these other special classes that she had been right, taking, the right. ballet classes. Um, or I don't remember the specifics and I don't really want to get into the specifics, but it was something about, she just couldn't make a payment, I think for one month or whatever. Yep. And my ballet teacher absolutely blew it out of proportion, lost their mind about it and was like, you have to pay at this time. Um, or you're basically kicked out of the studio when she was one of like our most prized like students like yeah amazing and she was the sweetest girl ever she would never mean ill on anybody and she her family was the sweetest thing ever and they just wanted to support her by having her take these extra ballet classes but it was just to the point where like child support wasn't going in like financial issues were just a huge thing and they like my ballet teacher just like threw a whole fit was not understanding was not like, was just being so outrageously just insane. I'd never seen that behavior from them in my life. Yeah. And I read all of the text messages and I saw literally all of it. And they basically were like, you can't make the payment. I don't ever want to see your face in my studio again. Like you're, you're gone. And I was like, what? Like, this is insane. I had never seen that behavior before. But then I was like, wow, this is like opening my eyes entirely. Like I will never look at them the same again because they really kicked out one of like the best ballerinas we had just because they couldn't make a payment and they were not being understanding about it. They weren't like being merciful in any way. They were not giving any grace. It was just like, oh, you can't pay. Okay, you're done. Bye. Which is just so insane to me. Oh, totally. It was crazy. And I was like, I can't even look at you guys the same at all. But then I can't imagine how many other like people this has happened to before, you know? Yeah. And just definitely. like this same behavior that they're like, that just set a precedent for like the rest of the years that I was there that I was like, I'm so grateful we were in a position where we could pay everything and it wasn't a problem because that shit was expensive. Uh-huh. Everything was so expensive. I couldn't uh-huh. even look at like the prices at the beginning of the year when they were like, here's the packages you pay. Cause I was like, no, 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 no. It's not real. It's not real. <laughs> I was like, I can't look. I can't look. I can't look. <laughs> I, I, I needed to not look either. I just had to kind of be like, sure. Yep. Just pay it. <laughs> I was like, I only got like one more year of this. I can't look. I can't look. I can't look. <laughs> but anyway, that was just like an insane thing that I was like, I, oh, I can't even, <laughs> this, I, I don't even know how I stayed in it at that point. But again, it was a love-hate relationship. I loved dance, but I hated the experience and the people and everything. Yeah. I don't know. It was just really bad. But there was like so many other things like that. There's like, there's like two categories of what happened in my dance years. There's like the abuse, I'm using in air quotes because it was like not, I don't know, whatever. 
It was the stuff that happened that's like... I mean, it might not have been physically abusive, but it was mentally and emotionally abusive. But it was everything else. Yeah, yeah. Like, that sort of abuse that everyone thinks of when they think of, like, crazy ballet teachers. There's, like, the basic stuff. Absolutely, that happened. Body dysmorphia, body shaming, like, getting smacked in the stomach by a yardstick because my stomach was hanging out too much. Like, all that stuff. Like, the basic, like ballet, crazy ballet teacher, Russian, whatever. That absolutely happened. And then there was the whole other category that was just specific to like our studios that also happened. So it was just a double whammy of bad. <laughs> like, and when I mean they actually went around with a yardstick and would like smack us in different places, that actually happened. Like I actually got smacked in the stomach, I've seen other girls got smacked in the butt. I've seen other, like, people get, I've gotten my leg smacked because my leg was, like, there's, like, a move where you have to put your leg up in the air and hold it for a really long time. And they would smack it if your leg would fall down. Like, people have gotten injured because the ballet teachers stretched their feet too much. I've gotten, like, something pulled because I was getting stretched too much in, like, a certain like like the frog thing where you're like laying down and your legs are in like an upside down butterfly. Uh-huh. Like I've gotten injured a ton of times for that. I was like the quote biggest girl basically in my class because I was like so tall and a little bit more wider boned than everybody else. And so I would feel insane, just like body shame for myself because I was like, I'd go to dance and be like, wow, I'm the fattest girl here. And then I'd leave and I'd get made fun of because I was so skinny. And so I'd be like, what is it? Am I fat or skinny? I don't know. And then it was like, <laughs> like, it was just, oh, so bad. <laughs> so like, one, one comment I want to make about that, yes. that that I really found, and this is one of the things that bothered me the most. At the end of the year, uh, you'd have your recital slash concert, yeah. whatever. I, I I never really understood the difference between the two and didn't care to. But, you know, they would have some dude uh, announcing uh, the different groups and then in particular the different solos. Mm-hmm. And when he was announcing for the soloist, now look, I could be wrong. If you know different, please correct me. But I don't feel like this dude who was doing the announcing wrote the copy he was reading from because it was ballet-ish enough that I doubt he was coming up with these ideas on his own. But he's reading these things about these young girls, teenage and and sometimes even, um, you know, younger than that, and talking about oh, the lines of their leg and the li- their, their body and all this stuff in a way that was to me so creepy because it was so objectifying. And it would really, like, it was such a huge, huge turnoff for me every time I would hear him, like, reading this copy that, again, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was given this copy by someone. But that's just like fawning over these young girls in ways that was so, again, just really objectification of these, uh, of these young young girls in particular, and a couple guys. But of course, the guys 
the, the stuff about the guys was never oh, it was as creepy. never about their lines and how beautiful their body looked. It was yeah, never no, about that. It was never about that. And so it really, it just, uh, it, it felt, it felt super pervy. It just felt super pervy in a way um, that, uh, a way that I can see how you, again, from the outside, I looked at it and I'm like, this is going to screw up kids. Yeah, You're screwing up kids by saying this kind of garbage in such an objectified way at such a pivotal and transitional period of their lives where they are so, so susceptible to this that it just made me angry. Yeah. So angry. And I will say that that dude saying the like prefaces before all the dances was just a recording of like a, you type it in and then they say it sort of thing, like a robot. Um, Interesting. It was the company teachers would write all the scripts um, and then it would be like the audio recording of the dude saying it. So it was still someone choosing to write the script. Well, I mean, that's fine. Like I say, even if it was a person, I, I wasn't. My issue wasn't with the person or whatever was, it was with the fact that somebody at some point thought, Hey, this is a good way we should talk about these incredibly impressionable young women. And it was like, it was so strange because there was certain girls that would be like pointed out for certain things about their body, which if you're in dance, you don't see how that's a bad thing. Cause you're like, oh, she is super skinny. So yeah, her li- the lines of her legs look really pretty. Or like this girl has really good feet or this girl has like blah, 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 blah. But it was so like stepping back from that is so weird to be like, oh, that's the girl that is super skinny. So she does that. Or she's the girl with super long legs. So they do that. Like, I don't know. It's super weird to like put all the girls into those boxes and... I don't know. They would be chosen for things because of their skill, but also because of how their body looked. Sure. And there was these two girls who probably were like the best dancers I've ever met in my life. Um, I still love them to this day, but they weren't naturally the tiny sticks as some of the other girls were. Sure. And they got body shamed so badly by the ballet teachers that it would like ruin them and the older one is like like her senior year got literally told to not compete at the only ballet competition we would go to because they knew the judges would just be judging her body the whole time and they were like you're too big to go to this competition just pick a different one which i was like i I do want to say something along those lines as well. And that is that uh, I do not absolve the instructors and the directors at your, your dance studio for that behavior at all, Mm -hmm. because that was a choice to behave that way and to Mm -hmm. make those kind of comments and to objectify in the way they did. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I get the impression that that is sort of just what the dance 
community is like. No, absolutely. That this is something that has been fostered and allowed to foment until it has become, in my opinion, a rancid, scabrous wound on the art of dance and ballet as a whole. Uh, and it was one of these things that the further you went into this and the more I was exposed to it, the more I began to see this as really a, a gangrenous infection in, in the sport and slash art mm -hmm. as a whole, which, which really is, um, it, it's very sad yeah. that it is not only still accepted practice, but to a certain degree encouraged. Yeah. No, when it's so, so normalized in the entire dance community, that's just like how it is yeah. for everybody. And it's horrible. Like if my kids ever want to go into dance, <laughs> I want to support them so bad. But at the same time, I'm like, please, please, anything else, anything <laughs> else, not dance, not wrestling, please, please. <laughs> Look, there is a reason that before he started high school, I took your brother to Freddy's and I bought him ice cream and a burger and French fries so that, you know, early teenage boy was satisfied. Right. And then I laid out all the reasons why him continuing to pursue, pursue dance was a mistake. And fortunately he listened and, um, on the one hand, you feel a little bad telling a guy, hey, don't dance, because there was a paucity of Y chromosomes at that dance studio. But at the same time, there was one particular Y chromosome who was the golden child and lauded above all others to a degree that I personally, as someone who's not deep into dance, a casual outside observer, could not understand all of the accolades this individual was getting. I still hold on to my theory that this particular person only got as many accolades as they did. Not that they weren't good, but that because they look five years younger than they are, people saw a, say, 14-year-old doing things and their brain thought they were seeing a nine or 10-year-old doing those things. But because of that, I just had to say to your brother, look, you're never going to get the attention that this individual gets. You are going to be pushed to the side. You're going to be sidelined. You're never going to be given the opportunities to grow and develop because you're not the favorite. And they were so egregiously bad at playing favorites. I mean, come on, look, I'm going to tell this part of the story. And you chime in, but I'm going to just tell this part because I was both proud of you and disgusted by the behavior at the organization when, you know, there was the extra dance class, mm, whatever that uh -huh, yes, was called. Yep, yep. I don't even freaking remember. But Special kids class. Yeah, you, you know, and, and there was a time when you were very interested in that and there was, I think, some FOMO that you weren't part of that. And then you were invited to be part of that. Now, listen, folks, I want you to understand that to be part of this, first of all, it was a hell of a lot of extra money a month. But second of all, it was actually these kids getting out of school early and going like to Like after so lunch early. Instead of pursuing academics, 
they were sacrificing that at the great altar of dance. And you were asked, you were invited to be part of that. And I remember you asked me, I'm sure you asked your mother. And and I think both of us kind of said, we'll support whatever decision you make. You need to make this call. And I know we were both very, very proud of you when you went to one of your ballet teachers and said, hey, thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate you inviting me. I'm going to decline because for me and for my future goals, I feel like being in school is more important. You were instantly pushed to the side. It was an instantaneous thing. Parts that you would have gotten, you were not going to get. There were just... you. Like, you know, you couldn't be completely cut off because that would have been too obvious, but it was very, very obvious to those of us who were observing that because you chose to turn down this opportunity, they were no longer interested in you and your development. Yep. And honestly, I'm glad that they, I'm glad that they asked me as late as they did because I think if they had asked like a year or two earlier, like when this class was first starting, I think I might have said yes, unfortunately. For sure. No, I think you would have too. I think it was highly likely that you would have. Yeah, because I know my dance ability, like my ballet ability, like I would have gotten so much, obviously I would have gotten so much more attention. So I would have, like my skills would have just developed that much faster and I would have felt better about my skills and I would have gotten better parts, blah, 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 blah. But... I am so, so, so glad that I decided not to because, like, I just saw everyone else's, like, school experiences being totally ruined because they have to leave halfway through the day. And they're there for, like, instead of four hours a day, they're there for, like, eight hours a day. And when you're, like, 15, in my personal opinion, you should be focusing on actually going to school and, like, growing up and making friends. Your entire focus should not be the extracurricular, especially because 0.0001% of those girls were actually going to go professional. Sure. And that was the whole appeal with this extra class was like, if this is what you want to do for the rest of your life and you want to actually be noticed by companies and blah, 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 then you have to take this extra class. But only like one of those girls in the last like four years have gone professional. Uh Uh-huh. And so it was like, and I don't know if I told you how this class started, but I'll, I'll tell our listeners because I think it was just super funny. I'm being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> but one day in class, it was a fateful day where, of course, it's, it was like if our teachers were in a bad mood, oh, you were in for a treat that day. You were in for a treat. You were going to get screamed at. You were going to get singled out. You were going to get probably hit. You were like just so many. It was just going to be a terrible day for you. It all depended on the teacher's mood. And one of my ballet teachers one day, I think I was either a freshman or sophomore in high school. I think freshman. Um, And my ballet teacher was in a horrible mood that day was like just tearing everybody to pieces. And they stopped the whole class and said, there is only a few of you that I think are actually gonna do anything, like go any further or progress in dance. And I think there's only a few of you that actually have potential in this class. Yeah. And then proceeded to single them out 
named them by name, pulled out the people who they thought had, quote, potential, moved them to the front of the class, and they all stood on a bar, like a ballet bar, up in the front, and the rest of us who weren't chosen were put in the back and stood on that bar. So, of course, for the rest of the day, what do you think we all felt like, the people who didn't get chosen? (laughs) Right. And we still had, like, 45 minutes left in the class. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? This is so ridiculous that I'm even in the situation. I was livid. I was like, are you kidding right now? This is, there's no way you're doing this to like 14, 15 year olds right now. There's no way. And then those girls and their parents, the girls who got pulled to the front, were the ones who were like, of course, their kids went home and told them what happened. Right. And they were like, oh, well, if our ballet teachers think that our kids have so much potential, we want them to grow and develop even more. And we don't think they can meet their full potential in just like one ballet class a day. Maybe we could have this like separate training thing for them. So the parents had a whole meeting with the ballet teachers and then they all came up with this extra special training class or whatever together. And... Of course, it was kept secret at first to not make all the other girls feel bad, technically. Um, But they weren't really keeping it that much of a secret. Um, And they would have to be pulled out of school, and they were there from, like, 1 to, like, 3.30 or something. And then the rest of us would have class at, like, 4 or 4.30. And we would... I'd show up to, to dance right after school and see them all in that class. And I was like... Wow, 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 wow. Like, the favorites thing is getting out of hand. (laughs) This is insane. (laughs) This is crazy. And then, of course, when I got asked to join, I felt like, oh, maybe I'd get more attention. And I'm, like, honored that they're asking me to do that. And then I really thought about it. And I was like, I would like to actually have my high school experience be, like, a regular one. And I would Mm -hmm. like to actually focus on getting good grades so I can apply for college next year. And I'm not actually going to dance the rest of my life. So I am very glad that I made that decision to turn that down. But it was still mind-boggling to me that that was a thing. Like, that the favoritism just went, like, high and wide. It was just like... I don't even know. It was just crazy. And, of course, those girls, their skills and development, like, skyrocketed because they were getting all this extra attention and all this extra training. So, like, obviously they were going to get super super good and so of course they got all the best parts which fair enough and i still got some really good parts and i was very blessed with those and i got to like like my last nutcracker i got to be like my favorite part but it was still not like the main main part that everyone actually wants to be and i don't know just a bunch of little things that it was like i was clearly obviously pushed to the side But I had never caused trouble for them, like, drama-wise or money-wise or anything really in the past. So they couldn't really, like, be mean to me like they were to some of the other girls because I never caused them an issue at all. Mm -hmm. I was, like, the most unproblematic person. (laughs) And, like, you guys never gave them an issue either. Like, there was no, like, parent-teacher thingy going on. Like, there was no – they had no qualms with me. It was just that I wasn't good enough to be a favorite. With me, mostly, I didn't ever have any qualms with them because I knew that if I chose to engage that uh, one of us would not leave alive. And um, I'm pretty sure I could take (laughs) 
every single one of your teachers. I definitely think that you could. <laughs> I think I could, honestly. <laughs> I, you know, so I do want to come back to one thing. And now this is like, you know, it was it's it's the yelling. It's the screaming, the yelling, the infantile behavior. I wish I could say I was in a profession where that was not something that happens. I'd really do. Right. One of the biggest embarrassments to me as a doctor and in particular as a surgeon is the absolutely puerile, pathetic, and infantile way that some of my colleagues will behave about certain things. It is, I mean, I have seen temper tantrums from adult surgeons to rival that of the most snot-nosed little two-year-old brat you've ever seen. <laughs> I have. And you ask any of the people who work in the operating room and every single one of them, they'll name you a handful of people who they've seen where like, they had to walk away because they were so embarrassed to witness an adult human being acting this way. Wow. So I cannot say that my profession uh, does not contain similar people, but I'm never going to excuse that behavior. Yes. Our jobs as physicians and surgeons, it is, it sounds melodramatic to say, but it's because it's true is that people's lives depend on us. Right. Like we screw up and somebody dies. Right. And so the need for exactness and the need for making sure we've got certain things and equipment and we're prepared and all these things and that everybody who's helping us is on the same page is so much higher. And so again, not excusing that kind of behavior, I can at least see a place from which it comes. But the way in which you would describe these people just carrying on and on and on and just out of control, again, I'm like, for shit's sake, this is dance. Yeah. No one's dying. Over yourselves. <laughs> no one's dying. Like, this is not a life or death situation. But they acted like it was every day. It was like, if you don't do what I'm telling you right now, the entire world's going to explode. And I was like, yeah. what is your problem? I'm 12. Why are and you yelling at me? <laughs> that is a manipulative and abusive situation to be in. And it was super... <sighs> it just made it so triggering for me that now if anyone gets slightly mad at me, I'm like, oh... You're going to yell, yell at me? Yeah. Don't yell. Don't yell. It was just so, so out of pocket. And I felt like later on when I was a little bit older, I could kind of not stand up to them. But most of the time their anger wasn't directed at me again because I like never gave them an, is an issue like ever. I, sure. I really tried my best to just kind of do my own thing and just ride whatever good vibes I had until I graduated. Yeah. And so later on, they kind of stopped yelling at me in particular, which was great. <laughs> but I still had to be in the room when they were screaming at other people yeah. that then would run out of the room crying or then run to me afterwards crying. And yeah. like I had to take, not had to, I took care of a lot of younger girls who just got absolutely just shit on by them. Like 
just every day they would just go in and just afterwards just be sobbing and I would just sit there and be like it's okay like don't don't worry about it but of course they think this is life or death because this is what they what they want to do for the rest of their lives so when they're getting yelled at it actually has a huge like stake on their mental well-being oh totally and it's so hard it was so hard for me to watch that especially as I was getting older and getting just more done with it it was just so hard to watch these girls getting yelled at and and then of course when I joined company I definitely got yelled at a lot more in those classes and not right. in ballet anymore um because I was just so much newer and I wasn't as good as everybody else at the other genres of dance because I was so new and I had to keep telling myself that I was like it's okay then I'm not as good it's okay that I'm not as comfortable I've literally been doing this for barely a year I only did it for two years and most of these girls had been doing this since they were actually three and so I was I it was such just a mental battle with myself every day to not just like break down in tears when I would yep. get yelled at because I was like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I like I know who I am and I know that I'm worth more than what they're saying I am and I know I'm gonna be done with this soon. And I was just trying so hard to focus on the fun parts of it. And it just yeah. got harder and harder <laughs> as it went on. I just got more and more sick of their bull crap every single day. <laughs> and I got like like kicked out of certain parts and different dances because I couldn't get one move right. That was like a tumbling move that I had never done in my life. And I'm super uncoordinated when it comes to like gymnastics or anything tumbling wise, because I'm 5'10". And I've only ever done, I'd only ever done ballet in my life. And you don't do like floor work and like somersaults and like back handsprings and just like gymnastic stuff in ballet. So of course I was brand new to all of that. And I would get kicked out of parts because I couldn't do like a certain part and I really tried like it's not like I was not trying but I would just get like yelled at for just so many different things and it just like destroyed me and I would go home trying not to cry but I would just have to sit and like tell myself like it's okay you're fine only a few more months of this blah 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 but having to deal with that at the same time of like stressful things like applying for college and finish like doing school I was taking a lot of AP classes like having to balance all of that and having me like being told I was not good enough and my body wasn't good enough and I was fatter than everybody else and I need to make my stomach smaller and I can't do this and that blah 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 it just was so it just absolutely tore apart my self-esteem like I'm surprised I made it out alive most of those (laughs) girls are not going to make it out alive and it would make me so sick to my stomach that these other girls would be so influenced by stuff that I somehow was able to brush off. And that's just because I I don't even know how I was able to brush off most of this stuff. But it would just make me so sick when I would see other girls who were like 13 years old looking in the mirror trying to make their boobs smaller or their butts smaller because it would make their, quote, lines look better. And they would yeah. find these sketchy, like, dieting apps and then try and, like, diet and have like half a salad twice a day. And that was everything that they would eat. It was an eating disorder in the making. So bad. And I, it just made me so sick to my stomach. Like there were people who like, as they were going through puberty, they were so scared about their chest getting bigger that they would scrape their chest against the desk at school to try and make it go back smaller. 
Jeez. And they would like look at the, I would see them looking at themselves in the room covered with mirrors and just trying to like suck in their stomach and show their like only rib cage and suck in everything that looked a little too out of place. And they would try and like diet specifically to make their bum smaller or something, which obviously you can't do that, but they thought they could, but really they were just going hungry all the time. Yeah. And I'm just so glad that I never got to that point and I never developed an eating disorder, but I'm like, it's just was so bad for all these young girls, mental health. Yeah. Just, and well, and, and, you know, I think that, I think this is a good place for us to sort of put a bow on this. And, and what I would like to kind of wrap it up by saying is the sad thing is it doesn't have to be that way. You know, you learned, I think you gained a lot of good skills and you learned a lot from the experience. There are positives and there are things that you're going to take with you for the rest of your life. But the negatives have so colored those positives that it's going to be probably for at least a few more years to come difficult for you to, to really be able to appreciate the positives of this experience. Yeah. And I look at, uh, I look at your two brothers, you know, and, and Alex with running competitively and he has had some complaints about the way the coaches were and stuff. But at the same time, it's mostly because he didn't feel they would push him hard enough at times and things, but it was a very, it was a constructive situation. And the one that I've gotten to see and observe the most closely is, is Gareth and swimming and, and being able to watch the coaches with these kids and look, swimming is competitive. And for folks who do not know about, you know, swimming, like it is really, it is an incredibly competitive sport. I mean, there are meets all the time. There are competitions, there are, there's, you know, local, regional, uh, national things that these, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 year old kids are competing to, to, to get in. So it's not like this is just, oh, recreation, we're swimming for fun, splash in the water and maybe make it to the other side kind of thing. Right. But I watched the coaches with your brother and, and, and not just the coaches, but the team, it is such a positive environment. And, you know, the coaches, they're watching every race for every kid at every meet and they're taking notes and the kid comes out and knows to go immediately over to the coach. And the coach is like, just sitting there like, okay, you did great here. You did this. Now I watched on this stroke a little bit of this. So let's try this next time and let's do this. And like, like just this incredibly constructive way. And to the point that the kids now, and I want you, and I want you to think about this. You got feedback and critique in dance all the time, right? Was it something you looked forward to? No, (laughs) not at all. Nope. Nope. These kids look forward to getting out of the water. And some of them as young as eight years old, they look forward to getting out of the water and going over to the coach's table and getting the feedback because it is given in such a, a positive and constructive way. And you know that there is a genuine love and camaraderie between the kids and the coaches and the kids and the other kids on the team that like, they go over to the coach's table and there's a half dozen other kids on the team waiting for them there. And, and these kids are learning 
all of the benefits that you gain from sports and from these athletics and from these activities, because there is a lot to be learned from physically disciplining yourself Absolutely. in whatever the discipline may be. Yeah. But I look at the way these kids learn this and get this feedback and get this in such a positive thing that I, I, I and, and they're doing well. They go to meets, they place, they get in finals. It is like, like it is a smaller team, but it is still competitive. And these kids swim and they swim well. And it is in part because of that relationship that exists that is so positive. And so you can be competitive. You can want to win. You can perform well. You can run fast. You can swim hard. You can do those things. It does not have to be, oh, as long as you tried your hardest and have fun. It can be a no, we expect you to do better. And here, I'm going to give you feedback on how you can do that. Let's do that together. That can happen and it doesn't have to be toxic. And it is so sad to me that that was not the environment that dance was, or at least that by the end it had become, that it was this toxic. You were, you were terrified to get feedback because it wasn't going to be delivered in any way positive. It was not going to be constructive. And it's a shame because it would be a completely different experience, environment, and a different, it would just be an entirely different situation for both the kids dancing, but those of us who had to go and suffer through these things. Like it, it, it was a shame because it was negative in a lot of ways that it didn't have to be. Yeah, and I really loved it. And so it makes me like, it just makes me so sad that it had to be the way that it was totally. and it makes it makes me so happy that like gareth gets to have you know such a good experience with sports and i don't know it was just it just makes me really sad that that's what it had to be like it could have been just so much better in so many different ways and it just is so it just literally makes me sad for my past self that i had to like go through all of that and now i Obviously, I've been out of it for a couple of years, which is great, but I'm still like trying to like heal myself through all the different little traumas that happened <laughs> throughout sure. that entire time. And it just is so it just is so sad to me that it has to be that way because ballet and dance is so fun. It's such good exercise. Performing is so much fun. It's beautiful. You can just have so much fun and have so many good opportunities, but with the way that the environment was, it just ruins it in a way for everybody. Well, I mean, and, it really, I think boils down to, again, at least by the end, it had become destructive and not constructive. Yeah, absolutely. And now I'm just, on a more positive note, I am glad that I am out of it. I'm glad I made it out alive. <laughs> so are we. And I'm glad that none of my other siblings are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. <laughs> you and knew how I, excited I was when I was like, sweet, I don't have to go to the nutcracker again. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, I'm glad that I was able to handle it in a way that I know a lot of other girls weren't able to. 
And I'm glad I, I honestly made it out a lot more unscathed than I could have. And I'm glad that I did it for the most part. <laughs> there was a lot of good things I had yeah. from it. I learned a lot. I was able to have really good exercise. Um, it was really fun to perform. Um, I got to play some really fun parts. and But I am glad that it's over. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that is a good note for us to end on. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. I think so too. <laughs> but thank you for ranting with me yeah. and listening to all my feelings about it because I had a lot of them. Yeah. It's <laughs> all again, part of the was... healing. It's, it's exactly, part of the healing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I am just glad that it's over and I appreciate you and mom still supporting me even though it was destructive in a lot of different ways um but we're glad we're out of it and again i'm glad i did it for the most part and i had a lot of good experiences and i became the person who i am today a lot of in a lot of ways because of it i mean look i went through the absolutely utterly abusive uh medical education system and so i understand uh, being grateful that you've been through an experience, but also being able to look back and go, it is almost inconceivable how effed up that was. Yep. Exactly. So I get that. I get it. But we made it. So we made it. We made it. <laughs> so thank you for everyone who listened to this. Um, continue to subscribe and rate, rate us. I think we're a five-star pod in my opinion. Um, Leave us any feedback. We'd love to hear it. Um, share with your friends. I think we got a fun thing going on here, and I look forward to it every month. I do too. So, yeah. It's good to be back for, at it. So. Heck yeah. Thanks for chatting with me. Okay. Talk to you later. See ya.